This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, guys, here we are back again. Uh, it's been a substantial week in Blue Jackets land. We have our head coach, uh, one Mr. Brad Larson. Uh, you know what? You know what? I missed something. I missed something very important. I missed to tell you about our good friends at DraftKings. Because right now, after the way this Blue Jacket season went, and after the coaching process, hiring process, you want to feel something. You want to feel happiness again. And... Uh, <laughs> And the way to do it, you know what you can do? One way to experience happiness, go out, have a good time, see your family. And Blue Jacks aren't in the playoffs, but but you can still feel that connection through DraftKings. Playing DraftKings is easy. Uh, go into the pools. Uh, again, they still have them for ho- the rest of hockey season, the rest of the basketball playoffs. They got baseball pools now. Go play. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot. And up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cast prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. All right. So the hiring of Brad Larson. It's interesting. So we found out this week exactly how things went down a little bit. Uh, Larson was one of the first interviews they did. Uh, Yarmo said they can't. They had the Lars Bar. Um, and that was kind of like, you know, we, we know we have Lars here in house. Uh, if nobody can top what he can, what we think he did in the interview, then we'll keep going. And to the surprise of, I think most blue jackets fans, apparently no one else could, could top that Lars bar. Uh, even coaches who have taken guys to the Stanley cup final, uh, apparently couldn't do it now you got to hesitate to to judge too much on some of these because you don't know what the situations were as far as if the Blue Jackets were willing to to come to the right terms on the contract or what they were willing to pay or what was going on. Uh, You're just not sure. And before we get into more of what this means, I... I mean, to, to give proper context to it, we all know why Blue Jackets fans aren't necessarily happy about this. Um, Lars, uh, uh, Larson, Brad Larson has been the guy who's really been out front taking the heat for for the power play issues over the last couple of years. Um, I know at point, different points, Torts was saying, well, it was really everybody was involved and all that. But Larson was really the the coach that that seemed to be like he was the run running the power play, and the power play has been terrible. Now, I mean, something to talk about here is it. Just holding him to that account, I, I just because the power plays had these problems, and again, they've had them for years. I wouldn't say that alone is like a disqualifying issue for for somebody to be your head coach. Um, I mean, honestly, for a lot of fans, it might not be a bad idea because then it's like, hey, guess what? We get somebody else to come in and be the head coach. We get somebody else to come in and run the power play, so that'll make life easier for us. But 
I, I do agree with the statements I've heard out there about, you know, just because it, you know, this one a- aspect of the game suffered with him a- a- at that point, that that's not really indicative that maybe he's a bad head coach. Um, we've all had personal work situations where, you know, you had a boss, you had a somebody ahead of you, somebody above you, where because of how they did things, it made your job harder. It made it harder to succeed at your job because the person above you was doing things, you know, a way that didn't work out. And, and maybe that's what happened here. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying that. Okay, now that Torts is gone, Larson's going to go in, and you're going to now you're going to really see what he can do. Because I don't know, but that that's a possibility. There's a possibility there that part of what Larson was trying to do was just in conflict, like what he would do if he ran the show. Um, I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. We, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, there was the question asked of Larson this week, you know, what is, what does a Brad Larson coach look team look like? And he couldn't really give an answer because he's never been the head coach of a team. And he really seemed to talk about it. This as being a, a team effort as far as putting together his staff, which hasn't happened yet. Uh, he seems to be open to the idea that, he, that Yarmo and JD are going to help him put together his staff and, and also, let's not – it's hard to talk about one part of this without unpacking the whole thing. But one thing that we need to – we may need to keep in mind here is Yarmo and JD might have liked the idea of Brad Larson. Now, to be clear, JD said he came along late in the process. So I'm not sure how much of this he he had a big say in. But there is a potential here that one of the reasons they liked Larson was because he's never been an established head coach – they can try and kind of help mold him more into what they want him to be. I mean, he's been an assistant coach in, you know, different places. He's been, he was the head coach in Springfield, in the NHL. Then he's been the assistant coach under torts, but because this is his first time as a head coach in the NHL, I can see where if he's having those daily conversations with Yarmo, like torts did, there may be a mindset there of maybe we can kind of mold this guy a little bit. Maybe we can kind of show him the way we want things done that sort of thing. I don't know. You got a sense, especially in that last year, that there were some butting heads between Yarmo and, and Torts about how things were happening. And and maybe that's part of what's happening here. Maybe they, they, they're like, yeah, we had the coach who was experienced and had a lot of success, and we couldn't get him to do what we wanted because he was experienced and had success. So he could just tell us, well, you know what, I'm going to do things the way I want to do them. And I'm not saying that's exactly what happened to Torts, but we all remember the conversations at the end where, you know, Yarmo talked about, well, you know, his job is to coach the team and, and we, you know, you know, we have conversations about things, but at the end of the day, it's his decision. I think with Larson, they're kind of maybe hoping, maybe that's one of the reasons they didn't go with a Gerard Gallant, um, somebody established. And, and I'm talking about this because we're going to get into the the specifics of what this means for the team going forward. Um, Cause we just, we just don't know. Uh, we did. We just don't know. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick break uh, here from our friends here at the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, and I'll be right back with you here. And we're going to get kind of more into, into what all this, I think, really means here. So... 
Hey, hockey fans. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of like, <laughs> you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat <laughs> on. I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my face. Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rips in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, guys. So um, the big thing about this is pretty much the moment it was it broke that uh, Brad Larson was going to be the head coach. There were, there's a lot of people saying that this means the team's going into the rebuild, um, tear it down to the woods rebuild. Um, Portsline said that in his thing today in a, in a piece he did saying that's what's going to be happening. Um, I, I have a hard time thinking that that's not true. I think there's going to be a rebuild of some sort happening. But during the introductory press conferences, now some people may sit back and say, well, these guys aren't messaging it right or whatever. Uh, they talk about it's going to be an interesting summer. There's a lot to do with the They want to build a winning roster, that sort of thing. And that, I mean, that could mean a few different things. It could mean hanging on, you know, just building from here, trying to rebuild the team a little bit. It could mean that Yarmo still is going to try and take big shots. I don't know. Uh, in the press conference, he said that there were teams around the league who were very interested in their first round picks. What does that mean? I, I don't know. Um, that's the thing with, with how much time we have between the expansion draft, the entry draft and free agency, considering the blue jackets have three first round picks and cap space. I mean, I, I've said it before. It, all it takes is if they do the one big trade that's out there, the Jack Eichel trade, that turns around what we're expecting of this team very quickly. Um, and it turns around what you think this team might be able to accomplish in the, in the course of the next few years. So it's 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 also up in the air. My gut is that they're doing this. They hired Larson, and it's going to create a. They're going to do some kind of rebuild. I don't think this is going to be a, a. I don't know if we're talking tear it down to the wood the way the way Portsline does because, in my mind, that means you're essentially saying, 
just about everything we have is is not something we want to keep. And I don't think that's where this team is. Now, it's it's they're also in a very tricky spot because when you look at things like they're cat friendly, they've only got what are we talking about here at this point? What three players signed past the end of next season? Four players, I guess. They've got Cam, Bjorkstrand, uh, Chinikov's entry-level deal goes through there. Uh, and uh, I guess you still got Gavrikov's deals going through there. And um, Nyquist. Now, granted, they've got a lot of guys who are going to be RFAs, so they could re-sign a lot of these guys for long-term. Like I fully expect that if he stays where he's at now or gets a little better, that you're going to be seeing... A uh, long-term deal probably for Jack Roslovic at some point. He likes being here. Line A showing up at the press conference seems interesting. It seems like a very interesting thing. that You feel like Line A wants to be here. But as a Jackets fan, if this is a team that's going to be competing for Cups in the next couple of years, or you don't think they're at least going to be playoff contenders, Line A feels like the perfect player to trade, to, to get better if you're doing a rebuild. Um I don't know. This this whole thing is just kind of a, a crazy situation right now as far as where, where the Blue Jackets are going. Um, there's so much up in the air, and right now everybody's just kind of guessing. And that's, that's what it feels like at this point, um, that we're all just kind of guessing as to what's going to happen next. Nobody really knows. Uh, what we're hearing from the insiders, I, I remember hearing, uh, well, who was it? Uh, Friedman, Elliot Friedman, he was saying that he thinks this means there's going to be some kind of rebuild in Columbus. But until we get them, until there's a first move, it's kind of tough to tell what that rebuild's going to look like um, and, and what they want this team to look like. Because there's not an, an obvious direction to go right out of the, out of the gate here. Uh, it's going to be a weird... Weird summer for Blue Jackets fans, that's for sure. All right. Getting into the rest of the league. Okay, we're down to our final four. Uh, today, the, the Islanders beat Tampa in game one. Game The first game of the Montreal-Vegas series hasn't happened yet, so I'm not sure. So as Jackets fans, who are we rooting for out of who's left? I think Tampa's out. Uh, there's starting to be that budding rivalry. I'd rather they not get the 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 back to back that sort of thing. The Islanders are division rival, but I kind of like them. They're they're the uh, they're the not glamorous New York team. So there's there's a certain amount of of okayness I would have with the Islanders winning. And then in the other matchup, Vegas and Montreal. This one's tricky because there's been something fun about Montreal about the the you know Canada not having won a cup in decades um and but i do understand too that a lot of jackets fans are, are very jealous of what the golden knights have, have done and they should be they should be jealous of what the golden knights have done because man i wish we could have had what the knights had and and I've, I've gone on this on on twitter a couple of times with people and I'll, I'll just say it for my blue jackets fans listening on here i've seen knights fans say things like oh we weren't handed a team and granted no you weren't it's not like somebody said here's the team and and just set them up and and made sure they always got there. But when you compare 
what the Golden Knights had coming into this league versus any other expansion team, it's ridiculous. Because with the Knights, you, you could protect seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie. When the Jackets were coming into the league, it was nine forwards. I think it was five defensemen and a goalie. So the Blue Jackets were picking out of, you know, every team's sixth best defenseman and 10th best forward. Whereas the Knights could get to your eighth best forward and your fourth best defenseman. The other thing, the Blue Jackets, when they came in, they came in with the Wilds. They were competing with another team for those players. So the pool of players isn't as good, and you're competing with another team for it. On top of that, when the Golden Knights entered the league, there was a salary cap. The Blue Jackets, when the Blue Jackets entered the league, there was not. So teams were not in bad cap situations. Something that I think Knights fans, whenever they're like, we weren't handed a team, it's like, no, you were handed a goalie um, who wins, you know, who'd already won a Stanley Cup in, in Marc-Andre Fleury. Because if we all remember that situation, the uh, the Penguins had their goalie controversy. They decided it was time to move on from Fleury. And they actually paid like a second round pick to Vegas to take Fleury, to make sure that they got Fleury off their books. So they got their goalie. And I mean, it's just it's just crazy to think about it in those terms. Um, what was there for them to be able to just that they could just take? I, I mean, it, it's it's an embarrassment of riches for them. And and I don't I don't begrudge Golden Knights the Golden Knights for having it because something I've said for a while. It is better in this league that in these new markets where there's not traditionally being hockey teams for those teams to start off more competitive. Because what you want is you want... Because when, when a team first comes to town, you have just worlds of, of people. You know, you have, you have you know, you sell out the building for a lot. You, you tend to sell most of your season tickets right away. It's great. And if you can get those groups of people to start developing these memories of seeing their team in the playoffs and making runs, you're now going to lock up that market for a long time. And I think it was very important for the NHL to do that in Vegas especially now that we're seeing almost every other sports league is trying to get teams in Vegas. You wanted to build that strong connection between the people of Vegas and the golden Knights. Because what that does is now fans have all these strong memories. So if the, if the Raiders, you know, struggle and the Knights are good, that's where people are going to have that attachment. And in another five years, if the Raiders start to pick up and are good and the Knights are struggling, people will still sit back and remember those good years and it will it will drive fan engagement for years to come. It's what you need. The only problem is I wish they would have done this with a team like the Blue Jackets because if you guys remember the Blue Jackets sold out for years when they first came into the league. They had high season ticket numbers, high attendance, and the team was always bad. They had one playoff appearance in their first 10 years and it was a sweep. They were an 8 seed and they got swept. I mean, we've all seen what that building's like during playoff games. If that had happened in the first five years of the franchise, if they'd had two or three, you know, deep runs in the playoffs, I mean, you you would never have been able to get tickets. I mean, the, the thing would have been, would have caught on huge. It would have been massive. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Anyway, um, I hope, you know, with Seattle, uh, we'll, we'll get interesting here. I think next week we'll do our 
rundown on uh on who we think how we think the blue jackets are going to set up their uh, expansion draft list so we'll uh we'll do that um this week was a different kind of week for me had a good time headed down to king's island on uh wednesday down near cincinnati if you've never been go it's a great time uh a little bit we was kind of kind of a perfect day because it rained early in the day before we got to the park and there was a little bit of showers here and there but because of the rain it kept the kept the uh, attendance low so we were pretty much walking onto every ride i'll tell you guys um three best rides in the park uh number three i'd probably say is i think my number three was orion my number two was probably banshee my number one was diamondback awesome rides uh great times on those if the rides that i was disappointed in uh flight of fear um it's it's a fun setup it's a dark coaster if you've never been on a launch dark coaster in a in a, in a building but the problem with it is it was so rough that it was just hard to enjoy and the other ride that was the, just a disappointment and it's been years since i've been there was the beast and it hurts me to say that cuz i love the beast i loved it you know growing up it has all those records and and it is a legend as far as roller coasters go but it's in that same boat as flight of fear at this point the ride is so rough that it's just i you don't i don't even know the point of getting on it at this point so unless unless they do massive work on both those rides i i'm not going to be uh big on them anytime soon so anyway guys thank you very much for watching listening however you enjoy the show thank you very much uh remember to subscribe remember to check out our friends uh at DraftKings. and thank you very much and go jackets Please subscribe to the show, follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening.